What's up? What's up, y'all? Let's get into it. Let's get into, uh, we're getting right to it. Follow the leader, your host with the most. Let's have a toast of follow the sports podcast. A lot of things that go around. Um, of course, you know, I report on a lot of things in sports. I report on Philadelphia. Right now, Joe Girardi is out of here. I knew it was going to happen. There's too many expectations. I'm, I'm not really a fan of firing coaches in midseason because you bring a coach in and he's a coach. He's developed whatever chemistry he has. I know we're talking – the clubhouse has to be extremely bad for you to get a person out before the season ends. It has to be extremely bad toward this coach to the point where he just has to go. Because there are always ups and downs, always disagreements and agreements, but for you know management to go over the coach's head and not allow the players for a whole year. This is listen, you got them for this year now. So what's what's what is the ups of firing him in the mid season going to do? Now you got to have a new coach coming in, get used to the guys, listen to them. They have to listen to him. It's just a whole new clubhouse, you know, and. What I'm trying to say is that Girardi might have been. Anytime that happens when the coach gets fired midseason, that means they got to be that bad. And it better be like that. It better not just be the point where you can see the coach there, let him better the season out through ups and downs. This has to be terribly bad in that clubhouse for you to fire the, the, the head coach. So now it's like, who's the next coach? And he goes out there, he, he becomes the manager. And there have been situations where stuff happens where coaches take over and lead into the playoffs. You know, any sport. So, um, we'll just see what happens. I mean, this, this team, I, I heard the turmoil, and I started to, like, kind of fall back from it. Like, I, but as, as as the season went on and more games were lost, it was like, what's going on? But at the same time, I never said he should be fired. I just feel like a manager should finish out his tenure after the players coming there and all that. But, um when you look at the Philadelphia Phillies and, and, and how much money they spent, this decision was definitely going to be looming if they weren't successful early. I mean, this, this expectations are ultra high. You have all-stars on this team now. You have hitters on every single circuit. I mean, the expectations were super huge. So now it is going to fall back on the manager after that because they're not going to know what else is wrong. You know, you got the, you went and spent on the pitching, the pitching. No matter who's up or down now, the pitching is better. The pitching is better. Starting rotation. I know the bullpen has its ups and downs. But so does the hitting. So, it's a double talented team. Um, man, we can get on a lot with the Phillies. They just got to play, man. And, 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 and like I told people, I, I don't think people understand chemistry is everything. I know people are like, oh, they just sit around and catch the ball and they don't need to do anything. To get. Yes, they do. People have to be used to each other. They have to know each other. When you're throwing those, throwing the ball to the first, second, third baseman, you got to know how these guys move. You got to know, you know, how they're able to catch. You got to have a, a mental likeness. It's just sports. Sports, sports is 80% mental, at least 90% mental. I always tell athletes or uh, high school recruits when I talk to them and I encourage them to do good. You know, uh, I talk to a lot of top recruits, guys in the NBA right now who I was like, when they were in high school, I was like, the game's 90% mental. It's, it's, 10%, it's, it's only 10% of the skill your guy given. Give. When they give you the guy given talent, a lot of these guys don't make it. Why? Because they don't, they're, they're not, they're not wanting to work hard. They're not mentally wanting to do it. They're not mentally prepared. They're not mentally making adjustments. They're not mentally 
ready for the game before it even starts. This is sports. You can easily you can run a four two, right? But when you get out there on the field, what stops you from being this unbelievably four two speed guy? There's a lot of people that ran four threes and four two over the years. Uh it's a lot of guys who've done this and they've become nothing. Philadelphia has a guy named Devon Allen right now who can run four two, four three. It don't mean he's gonna be the, the best receiver on there. You know, John Ross, another guy, flat four two, four three guy, super fast guy. He's you know, even though the Bengals held him hostage. I mean, that's just what it is, man. Um Villanova, um, to talk more about Villanova, just so much to get on, you know. So I talked about the Kyle Neptune effect. If you didn't go to part one of this podcast, um, Villanova, there are questions only because of one thing, and these are these are natural questions. These are natural questions. Um, you got a new coach. There's always going to be questions around that. Everybody used to Jay Wright, you know. Uh, just like Duke's going to have questions. The recruiting's not going to go anywhere, too. You know what I mean? But um, Duke's going to have questions. You know, uh, you need Tyrese Proctor just declassified, which is retarded, to back up Jeremy Roach with Kyle Filipowski and Derek White, you know, Derek Lively. That is going to be one of the Mark Mitchell. I mean, you're going to have an unbelievable team. Unbelievable team. Joey Baker is still there. So, um, Duke is going to be there. Duke is it to me. It just, it's too many mismatch factors. Kyle Filipowski is going to be shooting the rock from the four. Um, Derek Lively is going to give you that, that dog and their rebounding, feeding physical. And Derek, Derek Whitehead is one of the most all-around players in the whole country. They're getting, and Jeremy Roach, with the experience he has. And him being a, a he was a five star point guard, so they got a guy in there with that same pedigree, right on the floor, and he's going to be even better because I mean he, he looks he, he's like he's getting better and better every year, and then you got Tyrese Proctor coming off to learn, and and get this time it's, it's going to be crazy, but looking at uh, Kyle Neptune Neptune there's no secret how respected he is in the recruiting circuit that's what. Just like the minus to a lot of people talk about Kyle Neptune, the minus to it. Oh, we don't know what he's going to do. Uh, are the recruits going to leave, which they didn't, because of the, the camaraderie of Neptune and Jay Wright. That was a collective effort to get them guys there. Do I think they would have stayed if just Neptune? 50-50. But I knew they weren't going nowhere. It's just how Jay Wright is involved. Jay Wright, go look at uh, um, Eric Watkins' piece on... Um, Jay Wright, and he always has classic interviews with Jay Wright. Shout out to Eric Watkins, my guy, one of the greatest, the publisher of VU Sports, who I write for, one of the greatest writers out there. Um, I feel like he said um, he said some 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 key things I want to go over Villanova Nova Nation with. He's talking about the NIL deal, and, and everybody kind of knew he didn't like. Not go look at the um, the VI. Listen, if you ain't subscribed, go subscribe to VU Sports. Go go read it. He said, basically, that he just don't like the NIL. He don't like it. He don't like NIL, man. Like that, 
it's a lot of words in there, but he says it in such an articulate fashion. But it's a it's a it's a disadvantage. You don't know that they don't know what they want to do with this NIL. They don't have the rules in play to make it a fair game. And 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 you know you can it, it can change up. He just I, I don't I think what put him out of coaching was the state of the game, and and and, and it, that was already in the air. We didn't know for sure, but that was it. That's what got him out quicker. I mean, he might have been here three more years if, if Jay retired now. He was at least three years from it if he did any more. I uh, he was already looking for a successor, you know, and he has a, a handful of Mike Nardi, Coach Halkovich. He could have got Baker to come back. Baker Dunleavy and Quinny Piak head coach. He could have got Coach Ashley Howard, who just you know came from the South. You know he he but he got Kyle Neptune. That was his guy. It's always been the next guy in line. I think if, without that, it would have been Coach Ash. And I still think that Neptune needs to, to hire Coach Ashley Howard. I mean, the 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 recruiting game for Villanova then was crazy when they were all there. When they was trying to go for Javon Duvall and Cam Reddish and Mo Bamba and. Uh, so many, Hamir Wright and Jordan Tucker, and it was so many guys that Villanova was Peyton, uh, man, um, Peyton Pritchard in Oregon, they were after him at a time, like, did, that's when the, the, the dogs was out, Baker Dunleavy was there, the dogs was out, it was crazy, the, the, their, their, their coaching staff, their recruiting, it was like the dream team, you know, and, and, and you can't say, oh, they didn't get this guy. This guy. Look who they got. Look at the championships that came from the immaculate recruiting. Or look at the NBA players. These guys are not just NBA players. They're starting there in playoff games. Like, that was a dream team. And so, yeah, you look at these guys. Nardi, Dwayne Anderson is, I'm going to tell you something about Dwayne Anderson. If you don't know now, you, he's the new Neptune. He's the new Neptune. Halkovich is like Ash, you know. And Nardi is just as good, man. Like, they know the mental mind state. They know who to put on this staff. It's just so immaculate how they make. That's why you have to be cool with. This is why I'm telling you reasons why people feel bad about Neptune and why you should just cancel their thought. Neptune was the top guy among these guys. And look what he did when he went to Fordham. Can I say that again? Antonio Day, Abdul Atesambala, DJ Gordon, um, these guys came over. Patrick Kelly, they came over. Transferred to it. Well, they never would even thought of for them. All because of him. And then a 16-16 season. When they won two games, all of a sudden 14 more come out of it. And then a 500 season. Man. That's progress, brother. It's for them. Fordham? I don't care what. You're in the A-10. It's not a walk like that. It's not a walk. It's not a walk. You got St. Joe's. LaSalle was a tough a team that was not, you know, they didn't have a winning record, but they've they been there. They, listen, when you in these conferences, these guys been there a long time, and you bring a new coach there, he he just ends up winning like that with, with transfers coming over. That's hard to do. Ask Quinnipiac's Banker Dunley. Ask any coach. Ask Coach Ashley Howard. It's very hard. And he had already stapled. He had already got A-10 wins. They were getting more and more competitive at LaSalle. And for for and, and, and the players on their roster that Coach Ashley Howard was able to bring to LaSalle and to look at what Neptune was able to accomplish with who he brought over, just let you know of a great coach he'll be.
Like, that is exciting because you know what he has? He's in the, you're like, oh, he's in the Big East now. He's been a Big East guy. What are you talking about? This ain't no new. For for one, going to any of these arenas is not new to him. Any of them. Even UConn just coming back. He was back, he'd he been around a long time. He'd been there. And and then you're talking about, if you're looking at the A-10. And, um, I mean, you're looking at the Big East. My fault. The Big East. And look at the recruits. He, just like the, the type of talent that's in the A-10, you know, he was able to get and match, you know, the same thing in the Big East. He has elite talent. He comes into a team where he has Cam Whitmore, one of the top, to me, top three guys in the nation. It's no question. My, my top three guys are always Dereek Whitehead, Chris Livingston, and Cam Whitmore. I, I don't care what nobody says about who's this and that, but those are my three guys. If you want to know my fifth guy, Samari Bailey, and no question, it's, it's Derek Lively. Like, that's the five. That's the five. Um, And it's so hard because that's a very good – it's a very underrated class. Um, so, you know, you got Cam Whitmore coming in. You come in with a guy who's playing USA Basketball who him and Mark Armstrong are going to be on that team. This is it. It's, they're going to make that team. These guys are good. And we'll talk about Mark Armstrong in a minute. Then you also got Brandon Slater. This guy's – you come into a team that has conference experience. They're not coming to a team trying to make the tournament and nobody has experience and nobody's been there and he's a – these are talents that haven't even been there that long, or they've been there four years and they produce. Brandon Slater's a gamer. You know, he had an up and down year, but the up came at the end when he, you saw how good he played and what it did for Villanova. I mean, Justin Moore wasn't there. Villanova would have won this championship. It is nothing to cancel. No debate. No debate. No debate. Clearly no debate. Justin Moore was there looking at how Brandon Slater was playing. Eric, Eric Dixon was playing more physical than ever in the middle. When I'm talking about just like scoring, physical, rebounding, defense, banging. Dixon started to play like a like a horse. Like we needed that. You know, no matter what he scored, if he wasn't being physical and, and being a monster in the paint besides the, the scoring, banging people, rebounding, putting your hands up. Staying feet in front of them, making people work, banging like yo, Dixon was playing big, and um, you come with that team. That's a good front court. Dixon's gonna have a lot to prove. Um, he does. I mean, because it's the next step up. There's no Gillespie. There's no Samuel. So the Slater. So that's that's that is a very big that that that's something big. Slater and Dixon. They had to have something to prove. And then you look at, um, he comes in. I'm seeing Rothstein say Daniels and Longino. And he's only doing that because of the, the year factor. But if Mark Armstrong comes in camp and proves to be a guy that can, this is what he needs to do. Uh, people, he needs to come in there, outscore, and show this explode. No, Mark Armstrong needs to do what Jalen Brunson did. Just show he can run a team. Be the ball handler, run the team. Make the right plays. Don't make no mistakes. So then also, along with that, show your speed, show your scoring ability. But as long as he knows you can run the team, he's not going to put the pressure on Mark Armstrong to be 20 points, 15, 13. He can score eight points a game. But as long as he's running the team, making good decisions, getting feeding the ball to people right, uh, making people draw in double teams. And what I mean by double teams, the guy might 
if he drives into the lane, and he's good at driving into the lane, there's going to be another body to try to come get you. They're not, they're not going to let you just go one-on-one. Get fouled, go to the line. Eight points a game. He scores eight points a game next year with three assists. And he's just getting people involved and running the team. Mark Armstrong could start. And, I mean, he also needs to shoot efficient. We're talking about 45% from the field. If he can show he can shoot at least 38% from three. Mark Armstrong, is, he's just a starter for, for the Little Wildcats because they're not going to give him the pressure to be a, a, a scorer like that. Look what Jalen Brunson did. This is this is not something. But at the same time, this is a Cal Neptune team. How much green light will he give Mark Armstrong? You know, Jay Wright had a process with his freshman, man. He didn't put the – look at the first years of Jalen Brunson. Look at the first year of Mari Spellman. Those guys weren't – even though they started, they didn't put the pressure on them. The guys with the pressure are Caleb Daniels, Brandon Slater, and Eric Dixon. So, in that realm, you're just going to need a point guard to, to, to push the pace, run, run transition, because I'm also about to talk about that, and a guy that can score. He has to be a threat of scoring, and he has to not shoot low percentage. He has to not make mistakes. Now, Caleb Daniels and what looked at Rob Rothstein as the backcourt. It's not a bad backcourt. I told people so many times that I really feel the team should be Caleb Daniels, Brandon Slater at the guards. Ken Whitmore, Trey Patterson, Eric Dixon. But that leaves a little problem, you know. It's not much depth and size on the bench with Brandon Housen. Unless they get a transfer, one key front court transfer, because they can do anything with the guards. You got Chris Archer, the know you got Brizzy, you got Armstrong, you got um, Brandon Housen. I mean, you can do anything with the guards. If you can get, let one guard play the three a little bit, but you're still giving Cam Whitmore a lot of time. So that's, that's all that means. And, and, and you just need one transfer as a power forward instead of a guard. Get a guard, you know what I mean? I mean, there's guys out there you can you can, you can snatch up in the transfer portal at the front court position. Um. Next, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the transfer, but right now we're going to talk about just two things that matter, which is Daniels and Courtney Ramey, right? Caleb Daniels can play point, which is retarded. And I, let me stop because it was up to Shanice. She was like, you know, you, you say some things as the people there. Were, Hold up, man. People come right at Lita Johnson. I ain't got to say nothing. I ain't, I ain't got to say nothing. And for two, I'm going to say what I want. And, I'm, and three, I'm only answer according to what you come, come at me with. <clears throat> because if I tell you something and you are challenging me, I'm going to challenge you. I'm, I'm going to give you this truth. Daniels was, um, Daniels was a college point guard at uh, Tulane. I mean, he almost scored 17 a game. I know how bad the team was, but if you're a one player, you had to see him play. He was the one highlight on the whole team. Instant highlight. 
Uh, average the most 3.3 assists a game, but you know, 6'4", now, you know, people forget what he really came over here, what he was, because of how Villanova plays him. He gained more weight playing. So, this is just, he's definitely a point guard. There's nothing of, he definitely is a point guard first, and then he, he you know what I mean? So, but he's a guy that's a combo guard. He can play shooting guard. He can always play shooting guard and play point guard. Always. Always. So there is no crazy problem. Villanova just so used to him playing a three now. And, and then they look at him more as a two to three guy. But he was always a point guard. He was always a point guard. He was a fast-paced point guard. So now what makes him a mismatch problem is that he can guard the three position in terms of weight, it's kind of a mismatch because, you know, he's only 6'4", 210, but he has good enough athleticism and length, and, and he has enough weight at the uh, three position in this day and age to to play that. So now he's a mismatch at the point position because he can really, he can handle the point. He can run this team. That is not even a factor. Now, whether the coaching staff wants him to do that because they're so used to him playing off the ball, that is the big thing. And then you got two point guards in Angelo Brizzy and Mark Armstrong, who you can choose between. And I want to be—I want to be fair to the Brizzy family. I want to be, you know, Armstrong family. I want to be seem like I'm as an analyst. We make uh, analysis, and I don't want to seem like I'm down in one player because Angelo Brizzy is fantastic. If Angelo Brizzy becomes a point guard, that's still a plus. Mm -hmm. Still a plus. He's an athletic, explosive athlete. He can shoot from long range. He is going to be a plus. He is going to be a problem whenever he gets on the floor. So, but look, I, I see Armstrong. I see the, the better credentials. I see the more how he handles the pace of the game, how he's explosive. Even Angelo Bridgie can look at how Armstrong plays and say, I can see why he says that. You know, like, not to say he would say, oh, he's better than me, but you can see that there's a point guard next to you that is terrific. And this guy also, the, the nation is starting to see him. It's crazy. That's a different list when USA Basketball chooses you. It's not even a McDonald's All-Americans because you don't even get to see most of them guys. You look at them, they're not McDonald's All-Americans. Them guys, All them guys are not McDonald's All-Americans at all. You know, it's always the, the certain players they pick. And it, they let you know, and, and it's crazy how Villanova always gets those guys. When they had Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Justin Moore, uh, Colin Gillespie, and Jermaine Samuels. Um, when Jay Wright picked pick Chris Archer Diacono and, and, and Brandon Slater and Trey Patterson, it was for a reason. These guys are, are tough winners, players. So to see that you got two elite players in Armstrong and, and Whitmore that are that those type of players, that is intriguing. They're developing the chemistry. That is very intriguing. They're selling themselves. That alley-oop he threw the can Whitmore in one of the uh, USA practices, he, he's selling himself. They're selling themselves as a starting duo. And I think that should be bought. That should be bought from day one because this could be a different team if these two guys' talent is brought to the table. I think there's not even a point guard like Armstrong right now on that team. But the the, the dynamic thing is that Brizzy can come off the bench. Um, but, yes, back to that. Kaleb Daniels can play point. And Longino is a super scorer. He's an all-around player. He's going to be a star. And if you put those two in the backcourt, 
that could be trouble. I'm I'm just always worried about who's going to play the three. Drafting's not looking at that. He's just like, okay, well, Trey Patterson plays both forward positions. I guess that's what he's thinking. I, I think that's what when people make those type of assumptions, that's what they're thinking. They're not thinking, and, and that could happen. Trey Patterson get a lot of time at that three and four position. You know, you then you got Nene Njoku who can make a move. I mean, that that's that's possible. Then your backup guys, if Daniels and Longino or the, or the backcourt, um, I think Chris is going to get time. But Mark Armstrong is right there, and Brandon Housen could sneak time. It just depends on what these practices is like. If Housen's in there dropping shots and picking up just system mentally. That's different. And then if, if Jay Wright, the crazy part is, Jay Wright, you go look at the Air Watkins interview, Jay Wright and uh, Neptune talk on a weekly basis. Like, they always talk. Like, when they had the uh, barbecue, he wanted Jay Wright to come out. And Jay Wright, now this is your barbecue. You know, you, you, you got to, you know, you got to make your, it's like they're dependent, they're still looking at Jay Wright. You know, Jay Wright's the, you know, he's the oracle, huh? He's, he's, he's. And Neptune has to put his uh. He, that's the only thing I'm like. He has to put it down. He has to put himself down, as as now he's the man in Villanova now. Now he has to you know. And, and then uh, Jay Wright said that's gonna happen. But I think that Neptune is still just like yo Jay. Tell me something. You know he wants to learn everything. He wants to pick when you can pick the brain of someone so smart. Yeah, you do it. I mean, you, you, y'all friends. You can sit down and talk with somebody that's so knowledgeable and such a legend mentally in the game, you're going to do it. So, Kyle Neptune is looking to take over the Big E. That's my next thing. Um, there's no way to think. There's no way. If, so, you mean if Jay Wright would have came in as the coach, everybody's saying the Big East is one. But he come, Neptune comes in with that same group. And knowing what he did before them and the circumstances within one year, and you mean to tell me he already has, he doesn't really have to do anything. And we go to Ramey, Courtney Ramey. Courtney Ramey, if nobody knows. But, you know, Ramey, um, yes, but Tyler Bannerman was the first to report him, Max Jones, out of uh, the, the Division II score. These are guys that uh, Jamire Young before, Kendrick Davis, all these guys. These were point guards and then shooting guards, guys that they were in contact with. Courtney Ramey's still out there. The reason why Courtney Ramey is um, so intriguing, the reason why Courtney Ramey was so intriguing, because he he was a five star point guard, just about. I mean, he was he was an elite high level player, no question. But he was almost rated a five star point guard. He's number one player in Missouri. He was a top ten point guard, top fifty player. Uh, Courtney Ramey was one of the guys that Villanova went after after Quinnelly committed to Arizona. After after that happened, Villanova was at the guys. Um, in that class, not only were they after him, they were after Anthony Simons, who was another uh, end up playing. You know, he played with Portland Trail, but he ended up going to the pros. But that, that, those were two guys that Villanova had went after. After they didn't get Ramey, then all of a sudden, Quinley, you know, how the story goes, how Quinley came back to Nova, and, you know, the stuff happened. But, yeah, so Courtney Ramey, uh, uh, shout out to Terrell Ramey, his dad. Uh, so a very knowledgeable sports guy. Um, works hard with his son, why his son is so ready. He's a, a Big competitor, so 
it's um it can happen but this is what throws a loophole in the to courtney ramey thing duke is also it says now tyrese proctor reclassified but duke is um oklahoma state uh there are there are schools after Courtney Ramey. Like he's a hot transfer out there. So um, the only thing that could stop Ramey not from going to Duke would be the starting role. Like Tyrese Proctor, they look at Tyrese Proctor as a combo guard. He can shoot athleticism. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna use that with Trevor Kill's gone. They're gonna use him, no doubt. But um, Courtney Ramey, you know, he he's a pure point guard. He can he can score, he can do all that, but Courtney Ramey's a guy that can run a team next to Roach. Like that would be two floor generals. So that would be something to look at. But Arville, I'm just going I'm I'm gonna go deep. If Villanova says you start, it's over with. I feel like they have an advantage over a lot of schools, you know. If they just say, Yo, come in and you start right next to whoever whether it's Daniels, because if Moore comes back, what do you do? Does Moore come off the bench first? Or does he start? You have to, you because you have to monitor that injury, especially the type of injury it is. I don't think he comes right in and starts. I think Moore comes off the bench and becomes a firehouse guy. I, I, I think once he listen, once Moore gets on the floor, he's able to score. But putting there's another thing to put pressure, too much pressure on the injury for you to be a starter come in and do, do those minutes i think if he comes in he plays like 15 minutes again he's he, he's on you he's in you he's scoring he's getting he's getting in there he's getting used to the game he's getting back i think Moore's gonna be then once Moore shows that he's 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 capable after a couple of games it gets scary then daniels goes back to the bench then Moore starts to start that 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 becomes huge i think ramey st- is, becomes the starter still you let Caleb Daniels come off the bench and be that 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 dog again, and you let Moore do it. Or you, to to me, I think Moore stays off the bench, and we get Moore to come back. You know, next year as a starter, I think Moore should stay off the bench this year, and still get those big minutes off the bench because of the injury. It should be closely monitored, and I don't think you should put him back. I think he's definitely the starter, the captain, the man of this team, regardless where he's at. He's the number one guy on this team, even when he's injured. He is the ace, the boom, the the the, the guy that, that makes it tick. I just think that you should watch the injury very close. That's how I feel. Uh, but that's the Courtney Ramey situation. I mean, that that's not a for sure situation. But he, they're definitely in the mix. They've been in the mix for a minute. So, um, you know, you got um, careful reports you see that um, – Dictate this. Don't mention Nova. Nova's been in the mix. So, um, looking further into the draft, the Sixers draft, uh, um, I don't see anything happening with this pick, honestly. Honestly. I don't see them picking a player. I, I see a trades. Right now, Maury is weighing all options. Like, you can you can easily throw this first round pick in there with Tobias Harris and Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz. And if you want to be super duper, you can throw Monty Stavo in there, and you can bring in a Bradley Bill right now. You can be talking to Washington 
See, this, this is what's so intriguing about this situation. These guys are talking now. They want Bradley Bill. The Sixers want Bradley Bill. They're just trying to figure out all oh, this, like about James Harden for two years. It's been loopholes. Should we do this? Should we do that? And they knew James Harden had a contract expiring too. So Maury knew he had a, a, a shot at getting him then. So that's why Jersey even made the trade even sooner. Because James Harden, if things didn't turn out as quick as he wanted to in Jersey, I mean, excuse me, in Brooklyn. Yeah, man, he was going to leave. I don't see why people was like that. It just wasn't right. Like, things are so up and down. Now we keep hearing this Kyrie Irving. No, like I said, I do not want Kyrie Irving. I do not want him. I don't, listen, must see TV, whatever. Well, let's watch the highlights because his resume, just to see where Boston is, beat him up. Should eat him inside. You went all the way to Brooklyn just so you can do what you wanted to do. And now, now you're you're a dangling piece again. Like he might as well just retire. I think he should retire. He don't want to play basketball. He don't care about basketball. Because I tell people about this vaccine. There's not enough percentages at all. Not even close. Not even close. It's not even forty percent people dying. Or it's a, Talk about people having issues. Man, if this helps you and stops you from getting corona, whatever issues you got, is it the coronavirus, which was killing millions of people? All right, but you can't walk? What, you, 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 you got to, you blind? Okay, so what's the percentage of the people having the issues you got where they can't work? Well, you, you had to file for disability? Like, seriously, this is all whiners, bunch of crybabies. So, uh, you can have your opinion, but the opinion is only an opinion. That is all it is, and people can respect it. But it's not a fact. Facts lay down rules. Facts make movements. And you get this vaccine. You act like it's like an assault. You, It's like an insult in America's face after everybody was so worried about the coronavirus it's, they get this vaccine and all of a sudden you're against it. First you were worried about the coronavirus, now you're against the vaccine. Like, what is wrong with America? It makes no sense. That's why I say some things should be forced on people. I don't care. Listen, whatever happened to your people, I'm sorry, but that's not everybody. That's just not everybody. If we go back to so many situations where majority of this situation happens, but the the on the minority situations of the situation that bad things happen, we would never move as a people. We would never move as a world if we went on all the minority situations. Oh well, you know, if I drink this juice, it helps my body. But you know what? My aunt drank this juice, and she died. You know, say that happened. Three people died out of 13 who drank this juice. And that happens every 13 people. Every 16 people, three three people die. Every 16 people, three people die. You're going to go with that minority. Oh, man. I, the next three had problems, but the other 13 didn't. Every time. This is how you're going to move through life? So your your determination gets to affect a whole minority that a majority that was good. No man, that's that's selfish. Just retire. If that's how you feel, retire. Tell them 
look, I'm retiring. This is not what I do. I don't follow people. I don't follow procedures. Leave. But I wish we could say that because when you was with Boston, you did the same thing. I don't want Kyrie Irving, man. I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't want him. Unless in the contract terms, he got to he got to take the vaccine. He has to play. Period. He has to play basketball. If he has to play a certain amount of games. He can't play in his contract. He got to say he can't have the option to leave during the personal reasons. We, it got to be family death or something. Like it really got. I'm then that's. I don't care what you talk about walking away because you're mentally messed up, or you just want to take a break, or you just will leave, and then we're getting your whole contract. You, you get to get cut. All your all your salary is gone. You get to leave. We get to cut you. That's it. Out of here. It's crazy, man. Um, I, I'm just like I'm going more and more about the Sixers. I just don't think they're gonna keep this pick. I look for a trade. Then, then I, I was thinking about other trades for the Sixers. If they, if because if, they're gonna get a star or a couple stars. Julius Randle is a New York Nick who you look at Tobias Harris and. Look at who you can trade for him. You probably don't need to trade your first round pick. You can trade Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, and Fur Compromise to the New York Knicks. I don't care what Knicks are saying. All three of them guys will help you, so shut up. <laughs> or what you want to do, give them Jaden Springer. Then we also got to get some people back. Who we getting? Obi Toppin. Um. People, we got to get players back. Miles McBride, who we getting? Possibly Kevin Knox, put him down with the Delaware, the, the, the Delaware uh, 76, 80, I mean, with Delaware Blue Coats, excuse me. I'm trying to think of their old name. Delaware Blue Coats. Get Kevin Knox with uh, Julius Randle. And possibly give us a, a Obi Toppin or Miles McBride. Just saying, look, if we getting Julius Randle, Julius Randle and Kevin Knox, or give us Cam Reddish. That would be huge to bring Cam back to PA with Julius Randle. That I would take that. I would I would give up Furkan Korkmaz, uh, Shake Milton, and. Tobias Harris for Julius Randle and Cam Reddish. Let's just go. We out. That's it. Julius Randle and Cam Reddish. I think that would be awesome. You put Julius Randle with uh, Philadelphia. That's different. Now, if we add Monty Stiebel, we need a first-round draft pick. That's a lot. Sixers in the first round draft pick with that. But like I said, that's one guy I think Philly should go for if they're not going for Bradley Bill. Julius Randle's a heck of a player to go for. Then you just um there's a lot of different type of players out there. And I think one guy, you know, you go by teams, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell could really be a good off the bench, off the bench player with Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. You get another ball handler to come in and do what he does. Um, 
there's good players. No, Deion, you hear about DeAndre Hunter. That's another guy possibly you can get to. Um, you just look at teams. Look at teams and see what you could require, what you could get. And I think Julius Randle is just one of those guys. Julius Randle. And then the next guy I'm going to say is just another guy, De'Aaron Fox. Now, people, you know, De'Aaron Fox, well, you got Tyrese Maxey. You know, go. Darren Fox and Maxi can be your future. James Harden is eventually going to retire, and you need some young players. Why not build around that three-guard rotation for years with the Sixers? Bring in Julius Randle. See if you can try to get De'Aaron Fox and Julius Randle somehow, somehow, somehow try to work their magic. I think Julius Randle would need that, that many pieces to bring him over there. If you could just bring in a, a couple of players that could bring Julius Randle over there, save their first round pick, and and dwindle something to get De'Aaron Fox over there, like that would make Philadelphia different, totally different. I'm hearing about Jaden Ivey in Indiana. So Malcolm Brogdon and Tyrese Halliburton, is, they do they still want Brogdon? It's Brogdon on the trade block. That's another guy Philly could possibly go for. Another triple-double type guy that can go with James Harden. These these players are big. De'Aaron Fox, just think, they would talk about him so many times. You bring De'Aaron Fox in right now. They're going to bring in a third star. You bring in De'Aaron Fox right now to play with James Harden. That makes that team totally different with Tyrese Maxey off the bench. You have to, I think, the number one thing you have to, put Tyrese Maxey off the bench, it would make Philadelphia, because you talk about the bench so much, you bring Tyrese Maxey off the bench, that instantly cures your bench every night, and you still got gorgeous Niang, that's two guys you can keep on your bench that are going to give you points off that bench, they're going to be hard to mess with, so if you can get De'Aaron Fox, put him next to James Harden, that's a super backcourt, super backcourt, the thing is, and also Julius Randle. So we look at these two guys and you say, well, there, how can they, listen, leader, how can they just somehow get both of them? These are all the, the, the players in the bucket. For one, we do this. Only people that's not tradable is Harden, Maxi, and MB. Everybody else can go. So you figure out, you got a lot of players you showcase. Charles Bassey's shown promise. Charlie Brown showed promise. Jaden Springer is a former first-round pick who showed promise in the G League. Um, Isaiah Joe, Farrakhan Korkmaier, Shake Milton, uh, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibault. All these guys are there for the taking and your first-round draft pick. So with this being said, with this being said, and you got future tra- draft picks that ain't gone. Not next year because you know Brooklyn has that. But the 2024-2025, you could be creative and get – because Darren Fox is already a guy they're looking at to to trade. And Sacramento just has a, a crazy problem with players. Um, even with Dante DiVincenzo, things are just not looking. It just looks shaky on Sacramento's whole roster. So there's, there's guys out there that can be acquired. So, like I said, Fox and Randall or one or the other can be brought to this team. If you're looking at Tobias Harris getting traded and you bring over De'Aaron Fox, that's 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 hard. That's Do you understand what you're bringing? 
You're looking at Julius Randle, 29, uh, three, three, three assists. You look at Darren Foxy, 23 points, six assists, uh, 3.5 rebounds. If you bring these two guys to Philadelphia, which I think can definitely happen because Julius Randle's not untouchable, and uh, Darren Fox seems like he's not either. Sacramento is trying. Both teams would love a first round draft pick. Okay, um, you got first round draft picks. Dang, I'm telling you, 2024, 2025, 2026. Throw those first round draft picks around, along with the 2022 first round draft pick. Throw it around and see if you can. I think that's what Morris should do. Get two young stars to come in with MB and and make things happen. If you tell me my obje- my alternative to Bradley Bill, that's my alternative to Bradley Bill. Um, some people like Zach Levine, Zach Levine. Well, I like Zach Levine. I do. I like Zach Levine. But I think even with Zach Levine, Zach Levine's a, a good score. I think you could win a championship with Zach Levine. Um, but even with Levine, you could still try to get a, a Julius Randle. I think it's still evident that Philadelphia should go for two guys unless they get now Bill is one Bill is one he's one of one but guys like Levine even if you get Levine you need another piece somewhere in there um on the free agent market or or you're putting Paul Reed in there who I think can become a star but if you really ask me, Levine needs another guy signed with him, um, just like De'Aaron Fox would, and to, to make Philly just that powerhouse. I like Fox and Randall. I think Philly should go for those two guys. Uh, these are two young teams that are not in, in the cups of New York wants to become a playoff team, and I think Thibodeau would want something back. That's why I think Tobias Harris will be his guy. You got a veteran. They're not all young guys. He can come in there and really do a lot for New York and really bang. He's he's shown it already. I mean, Tobias Harris is one of the best forwards in in the league, and he showed it last year. I mean, the way way he played in the playoffs, the way he played in the season, there's nothing you can really say about that. So I think they would take that trade along with some other young guys like Shake Milton, give him another guard a guy that could possibly go and play point guard and do what he did. I mean, Shake Milton has proven he can be that type of guard and you give him another shooting guard and Furkan Korkmaz off the bench who's experienced in playoffs. I mean, you're not, you're just not getting players. You're getting good players. Now, I think what would seal that trade with De'Aaron Fox would be uh, the first-round pick and then they wouldn't be able to get De'Aaron Fox. I think they should still try to make that trade without the first-round draft pick and try to take the first-round draft pick and go get De'Aaron uh, Fox somehow, some way. I think I would trade Thibault and De'Aaron Fox, I mean, and the first-round pick for De'Aaron Fox. You know, I mean, if you got to trade Jaden Springer, I think you go get De'Aaron Fox, you get Julius Randle, and that's when you build your bench off a bunch of dogs, guys that play defense and some that can score. You, I mean, you still got... um. Nyang, and now you got Maxi on the bench with Fox, and your future backcourt's going to be Maxi and Fox. So you kind of then you you bring Julie. I think Philadelphia should definitely go for that. They should definitely go for that. If Philadelphia doesn't go for that, and this draft, they need to try to trade up and get them a guy that's going to combine. I mean, he it has to be the Maxi type of impact guy. Now we need another guy that can come in and impact. I mean, these young rookies have developed good, but. 
we're looking for another impact player. Will they go get another guard? Jade, but Jaden Springer's on that team. You're looking at Jaden Springer and Maxie as your future backcourt if they don't go, you know, at the bigger guard or draft the guard or, or trade anybody. But um, it's going to be interesting. I think if they make a trade to where they trade Jaden Springer, they should go ahead to Jaden Hardy. I think Jaden Hardy is who you get. Jaden Hardy is who you get. He's going to fall down. People don't see him as a top five pick anymore. Jaden Hardy is the best player in this draft. He's the most NBA ready player for for this for this type of basketball that that's going on. So I think him. Jaden Dern was another guy. I said you need a tough guy, defensive guy, physical guy. Jalen Dern. You put Jalen Dern in Philadelphia, and he's a powerful. Let him be a power forward. Why let him be a center when well, he could be a power forward and be extra dangerous? I mean, you need a game changer. You need another game changer like Maxie was. We need a guy we need to put there and develop like Springer and like Reed and like, you know, off the bench like Joe. You know, these are all developmental guys that are going to be good and turn out to be good. But we need another, we need a game changer. We need, Maxie just fell from the lottery. So did Springer. And the reason why Springer didn't get his time because it was already crowded now. Maxie had a great opportunity and took advantage of it. I think if Springer would have had the same opportunity, he would have been. You would see the same thing. Springer's gonna be a good player. He's gonna be real good. Think Anthony Simons. Think Tyrese Maxey again. You know. Uh, think Bones Highland. These guards that can just go go get it. So. But um yeah. I feel that's what should happen. Um, if they're not gonna trade for for players. Um. Or they can trade for Julius Randle without trade for a player like Randle or Fox without a draft pick, and then go trade up to get a player that can be a difference maker. It has to both the, it has to be two big moves, or or one super huge move. But I, if they're gonna win a championship, I need to see two huge moves from the Sixers. I really need to see two, not just one. It need to be two big moves from the Sixers for me to say championship. Um. Get get you that star player, get you, but you got to get two players, whether it's draft and free agency, draft and trade, or just trade and trade. Or for, you have to get two big moves. They got to get two big players on there. They got to get two big players. One move can can make them a championship team, but won't say that I won't say they're sure team. But two moves, one of the moves I just named can do it. Listen, man, I'm out of here. Lita Johnson, man, want to talk some Villanova, some basketball with y'all, some sports. Um, let's go, Phillies. Time for the Phillies to go up now. Like, this is, you know, Segura's hurt, Harper. It's just a big, uh, a crazy time. Just bad luck keep hitting, but Phillies will get back there. They got players. So I'm out, y'all. Lita Johnson, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook. I'm out, y'all. Peace.